morning. Here we are at the Break of Dawn Cafe. I recording the geocache. I would wake up early every morning, Josh. This is wonderful. I am so happy for you. I do not. <laughs> um, but Dan and Josh are busy dads, and so we meet when we can. Um, and midnight was taken, so here we are. Six in the morning. Six in the morning. Snow outside. Dark as night. On a dark morning like this, I'm reminded of, of Deadwood, South Dakota. Oh, as you would be. Because who isn't? Yeah. And Mount Moriah Cemetery in Deadwood, South Dakota is a place where there is a geocache there that you can find next to the grave of Wild Bill Hickok. Oh, he was a nice gentleman. He was a nice gentleman. I don't know too much about him. And a scholar, I've been told. And a scholar. Mm. And a scholar. Yeah, mostly like uh, Second Temple. Um, <laughs> And near him, Calamity Jane. Um, uh, and and near them, a geocache that you need to go see. Hmm. And this is the most famous cemetery in Deadwood where, you know... All well, because there are many down. famous cemeteries in Deadwood, but this is well, the most famous of well, any of them. I mean, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I've been to the third most famous. <laughs> um, and uh, it's all it's all like Yelp rankings. Um, <laughs> this one's like a five-star sort of, you got to see, Wild Bill is here. Uh, Calamity, Calamity Jane, Jane is here. Mm-hmm. Um, Potato Creek Johnny, whoever that is, is there. Never heard of him before. I'm not sure I'm Potato Creek Johnny, but sounds like somebody I want to meet. Mm. Um, anyway, so this is where all the old old West psychopaths are buried together in, in eternal repose. Mm. And there you can go and find a geocache. Now, what, what they did was apparently this is a, a second, like they moved everyone from where they first were. Because they decided to put up housing in 1880. So like in the 1880s, it was just like subdivisions. They just exhumed them and put them someplace And they, they moved the bodies, which is in, in you know, the pre-modern sort of world, in one sense, is was probably not a real uncommon thing. Like there were bodies yeah. everywhere. Yeah. So he just moved them. But every once Most in a while. Most of them were probably put there by Wild Bill Hickok. You yeah. know? <laughs> that is true. That you can attribute them to him. He was buried with his work. <laughs> Um, and so they, they, apparently in that original area, once in a while, when you're, you know, perhaps expanding a basement mm-hmm. or putting in some sewer pipe. Oh no. You oh, no. occasionally no. run across Clem no. Kadiddle, Kadiddle Hopper That's just not. sitting there, um, you know, <laughs> wrapped up with his neckerchief and his boots, um, <laughs> Just staring that's, at you. So it's terrifying. <laughs> yeah, but uh, that's that's the old place. The mm. new place, I guess, in, in 1880s new mm. place is is where the geocache is, and that's where you need to go. I'm Josh. I'm Dan, and this is geocaching scripture. Welcome, welcome. Geocaches, geocaching yes. is a rarefied sport hobby. Ah, where people go into these places and they look under rocks in Antarctica and they look at the bottom of the sea. And they swim across lava lakes between warring volcanoes. Mm. These are exciting people. I know. Geocaching is the most exciting thing you can do. I guess it is. Listening to geocaching for scripture is the second most exciting thing. Second most. It's Yelp ratings. (laughs) Um, So, geocaching scripture is looking for these, um, is is a rarefied sport hobby. You have looking for these little treasures in in the big truth, tiny treasures Mm. in the big truth of, of what? Grammar, cultural location. Historical situation, all of the above, all of the above, and finding out the dimension that's already there that we usually skip over. Mm. 
And I think that's what we, we're going to do today. Yes. Um, but as soon as we're done, Wagons West, I'm going to go. And they came to, to Jerusalem, and he entered the temple and began to drive out those who sold and those who bought in the temple. And he overturned the tables of the money changers and the seats of those who sold pigeons. And he would not allow anyone to carry anything through the temple. And he was teaching them and saying to them, Is it not written, My house shall be called a house of prayer for all nations, but you have made it a den of robbers. And the chief priests and the scribes heard it, and they were seeking a way to destroy him. For they feared him, because all the crowd was astonished at his teaching. And when evening came, they went out of the city. Well, today we are talking about Jesus overturning the temple. Mm -hmm. So let's just begin our conversation by talking about interest rates. Let's let's specify Jesus overturned the tables in the temple. Oh, not yes, yes, yes. The temple. <laughs> well, That's was the end of the book. <laughs> the tables in the temple. Yeah. More specifically, the tables in the court of the Gentiles. Interesting. But, you know, a, a common a common lens through which we read this story is often with interest rates. We like to think about absorbent interest rates being charged, like payday loan style interest rates. Fun fact, Josh, how, how high is the average payday loan interest rate? 15%. Uh, 391%. Awesome. I know, right? Like, wow. This is just a hitch below my house interest rate, you know? Uh, and so oftentimes what we want to do is we want to attribute what was happening in the temple to something like the payday loan interest rates. Now, here's an interesting historical fact. Like Jewish loans in the temple, we actually don't quite know how high they were. But from everything we know from historical sources, especially the Mishnah, what we know is that like they were high, but they weren't like crazy payday loan high. They were more like expensive beer at Lambeau Field High. Like, you know, it's it's more than the average market value, so it's kind of annoying, but it's not like we want to revolt against it annoying. I never bought, I've never bought beer, but I've read about it. Yeah, so of course. I, yeah. yeah, theoretically, okay. I know about it. You know, I yeah. think Isaiah mentions it once. Yeah. It's those things that those... I have some unsaved friends who drink mm, yes, and they correct. tell me it's Correct, yep. Yeah, go ahead. And so it's, 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 it's a common <laughs> assumption that Jesus is angry because of interest rates. Where do we get that from? Well, it's because this word robbers is in there. Like, you've made my house, or you've made my father's house a den of robbers. When we think robbers, we think of burglars. We think of pirates. We think of people who like to steal and pillage and plunder. Mm -hmm. Maybe even payday interest, late, interest rates people who like to, to, to rob well-meaning people of their money. Con artists. Correct, correct. Uh, but when Jesus says, you've made my house a house of robbers... That term in Greek is actually something specific. It's it's a laystone. Laystone. Yes. If you if you want to remember that, maybe bring it up at a, a Friday night at a party. You will win friends and influence people. Uh, That's but, what we're all about. Correct. Here. Correct. So, but like, who are these laystone? And so let, let's just let's just let me give you two examples from Scripture. So uh, when Jesus is crucified, who is he crucified next to? Who's on his left and his right? 
Robbers. Yeah, yes, correct. Laystone. Laystone. Exactly. That's who's next to him. Uh, you know this guy named Barabbas, who is exchanged for Jesus. Pilate exchanges him. Barabbas is described as a Laystone. Laystone. There it is. And so mm-hmm. let, let's just consider this. So to be crucified is a, a Roman execution, which means that whatever these men did, the Romans are really, really angry at them. Barabbas, we know, is actually an insurrectionist. Like he was, he was part of a violent movement to kill Romans, which is why he's under Pilate's jurisdiction. Like Jews aren't persecuting him. If he wasn't doing anything against Rome, Rome wouldn't care. But he's under, he's in, in, imprisoned by Rome, which means that Barabbas, as a laystone, is doing something against. Rome. That's like state versus federal offense. Kind of, yeah, yeah. correct, yeah. And so, the, the, like, whatever, whatever's happening here, like, these, these men, these laystone, aren't doing Jewish offenses. Like, these, these are clear Roman offenses. And so, Except in a federal offense, you don't get to vote or buy a gun. Ooh. In a Roman offense, <laughs> well... You never know. <laughs> and, so, and so, why would Jesus be angry at, at violent insurrectionists? That's interesting. So this is where I think we want to turn... To Josephus, as you naturally would. As you know, as, as one you, does. As one does when they're trying to understand as the New Testament. Does. Actually, point of case, you should want to read Josephus a little bit when you're reading the New Testament. He's really helpful. And so Josephus didn't like two types of people. So you have zealots, who we know, like Simon Peter, like the zealot. And then you also have the Sicari, who are otherwise known as dagger men. They carry these like Short little daggers you could mask, and they would sneak up behind you and stab you in the back. Literally. Mm-hmm. They just were known for, like, killing people incognito and disappearing. Assassins. Every, assassins, honestly. Yeah. Yes, they were assassins. Yes, and so, yes. And check out the episode on Judas Iscariot, possibly a Sakari. Um, I don't know which one it is. What a drop for an episode. I love that. Bam. Well done. Bam. Bam. Self-promotion. 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 <laughs> I'm telling yes. you. And so, uh, uh, and so uh, Josephus hated these men, these, these two groups of people, because he blames them for causing the war with Rome. They make all the problems. They make all of the problems. Ah. And what, what does he commonly call these folk as a general term? Can you guess it? Lay stone. Lay stone. Lay stone. Exactly. You dumb lay stone. I know. And not only that, get this. Where does Josephus identify uh, the location of every nationalistic uprising against Rome. Where, where does that happen in Josephus' account? Mm. The Temple Mount. The Temple Mount. The very Mounts. place where Jesus was angry and overturning tables. So let's just read. And that's still there, right? Is the Temple Te- Mount still there? Yes, the Temple. Wailing Wall, all that. Yeah, the Temple yeah. Mount is still there. All the walls have been torn down. All the, all the, all the houses and the temple <laughs> itself have been torn down just as Jesus forced prophesied it, it would so right. the temple mount is still check out there. the episode on mark 13 oh go ahead wow. <laughs> josh killing it so the temple mount is still there uh jews and christians don't have access to it though so okay okay um but let's ask the question like why was jesus so angry given that given this new information that we know from josephus why would jesus why would jesus be so angry well, let's just reconsider what jesus himself says like, so you've, you've made this house into a den of robbers when it should be a house of prayer for all the nation, mm. nations. So what mm-hmm. was the temple supposed to be? Well, like, who, were, who were Jews? What, what identity did they have that they were supposed to extend to the nation? So they, they were supposed to be a light. The temple was supposed to be a place that welcomed in the nations. Like they literally had a court called the court of the nations. Like this is, 
This is where they're supposed to be welcomed in, taught about who the covenant God is, and allowed to pray and maybe even come to know that God. Mm. What had the temple become? It had become a place full of laystone, violent insurrectionists. And it had become a place where it's, it's known that if a nationalistic uprising is going to happen, it is going to begin at the temple. So Jesus is commenting on a group of Israelites who have so connected their identity to the liberty of Israel by means of the sword that they've actually forgotten their true calling to the world. Come now. Come do, now. Do, 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 do you think a passage like that has relevance today in the 21st century? Like a bunch of insurrectionists under a misconception meeting in a symbolic building and and trashing the place? Hmm, it's interesting, <laughs> isn't it? Isn't it? I don't know. I mean, I, I can... No examples come to mind. No, none. I can't even. Yeah. Think, I can't even think of one thing. Yeah, yeah. I've been thinking about it since January sixth, and I just can't think of <laughs> any particular. And so let, let, let's just let's just pause and maybe reconsider this passage. Like, is it possible that this is actually a story about violence and about a the, the capacity for what should be a peaceful religion? to embrace violence under the guise of liberty. Like, everyone wanted to drive Rome out. No one wanted to let Rome into the temple. And Jesus is saying, God, you have, you have missed it. This is actually the place where the nations are supposed to be welcomed in so they can learn about the character of the covenant God. You are showing them the exact opposite of what that character is. And the question I think Jesus is posing to, well, his compatriots, but also to us in the 21st century is, like, are our enemies welcome? And I think that's a, a profound mm -hmm. word of challenge for us today. Mm -hmm. Well, and I would see, like, a lot of our, a lot of us are in that, um, I don't know, you think of, like, the Piaget's stages of development, and, you know, part of the, one of the stages of de development is differentiation, you know, oh. where you're, where you're differentiating yourself from the identity around mm -hmm. you and finding your own. And in a, in a way, you know, that's, that's an important thing for Christian people to do, especially at a certain phase Yeah. when they, you know, maybe stop running with certain friend groups mm -hmm. or stop participating in certain conversations. Mm -hmm. Um, but then, and I would say, especially American Christians, we just get stuck there. Dude. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and, and we, and we, differentiate ourselves as if that's the only sacrament we have left. Well, and then our main identity becomes those who <laughs> we are against, as opposed to embracing, like, growing further into our identity, mm -hmm. you know, past some of these stages and realizing, well, not only am I against some, thi against some things, but God has also called me to be for a lot of people. And I think when Christians, when one of their main identity, identities is just those people we are against, we, we, we position ourselves into a very precarious position when we could be making the same error that first century Jews were making by kicking Gentiles out of the court of Gentiles. Like This is the very place mm -hmm. they belong. They need to be taught about who this God is. Mm -hmm. Yeah, does our church have a court of Gentiles? Oh, that's interesting. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. And that would be... And what if they come in and they don't act the way... That we might act. Yeah. I I can remember. I mean, this is a silly example, but years ago I was 
uh, with a friend on a Christian chat room. He was just showing me how they worked. Mm -hmm. And this is obviously years ago yeah. because this is like kind of a new thing. And Please say you use like AOL. <laughs> like yeah, that was, yeah. <laughs> no. um, but somebody came in and obviously trying to be angry and trying to make mm -hmm. trouble and that kind of thing. But um, also like yelling about, you know, Jesus is a myth and blah, blah, blah. Mm -hmm. And then F this, F that, F that. And then they kicked him off the channel, like immediately. Like that was the rules. You start yeah. swearing and you're off. Yeah. And it was like, that was like, there was no nuance to that. Mm. There was like, okay, this is a person who actually is hurting mm. and is like bored enough mm -hmm. that they've come here and they're here. Mm -hmm. And it's like, wow, we could like talk to them and mm -hmm. show them, you know, and then, you know, they just, and it was so-and-so has been kicked off and that's the message. Deleted. Yeah. yeah. Deleted. Canceled. Yeah. I mean, and that's where we end up a lot of the time. So nuance a little more, it's, it's more difficult to reach out beyond those things. Yeah. But I think this is why it's important to geocache scripture because in so doing, I think we can discover that the issues that Jesus was dealing with aren't that much different than the issues that we are dealing with today. Mm -hmm. And he, dealed, he dealt with it with such wisdom and grace, sometimes flipping tables, albeit I get that. But by and large, he dealt with it with such wisdom and grace. And I would also say with such authority that we can learn from it. Um, I think there's large amounts of fruitful thought that can be gained from maybe pondering this with a cup of tea or a cup of coffee early in the morning, maybe talking about it with a friend and thinking to ourselves, in any way have I misidentified myself with a subgroup of Christians that are trying to demonize a certain sect or a certain group of people for the sake of my own comfort, safety, whatever you want, might want to call it. That's a, a live question that I think Christians need to reconsider today. Pax all of humanity. Cheers. Cheers.